Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the word-giving, insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now, on to today's message. Good morning, Thrive. How are we doing this morning? All right. Man, good to have you guys with us today. On, uh, in the last weekend of June, this year's flown by, hasn't it? It's crazy. Well, I'm excited today. Um, we just entered our Job series last week, and so I wanted this week to actually have a good friend come share God's Word with you. Um, when, when I first moved here five years ago, I didn't know anybody. Like I said, we had 25 folks here. I felt pretty, in, you know, um, it, probably insecure, I would say. And I went and had lunch with a couple of pastors. And one of the pastors I had lunch with was Brian Briggs from Destination Church in the Tri-Cities area. And Brian, at that point, had just launched, and they were doing really, really good. Um, And Brian treated me as a friend, as somebody who was on the same level he was. He didn't speak down to me. He didn't give me three tips on how to do this or that. And we developed a relationship uh, five years ago, and it was very helpful to me. Also, I mean, Brian has pastored one of the fastest-growing churches in America, one of the top 50. Um, I forgot what year that was, maybe a couple of years. But he has done a phenomenal work in the Tri-Cities area right here um, in the greater uh, metro Richmond area. And today, we get the opportunity that he has taken off a Sunday from his church to come share God's word with you. And listen, you're going to get one of the best communicators I have ever heard. Amen? Right? I'm excited. So if you will, put your hands together for Pastor Brian Briggs of Destination Church. All right, Thrive Church, how are you guys doing this morning? You guys ready for God's word? Can you say amen today? Uh, it's just a real honor to be with you guys uh, today. I mean it with all my heart. I'm, I'm a fan. I kind of, from a distance, see what God has done through Pastor Kevin, through Thrive Church. I don't know if you've ever been to a place that doesn't live up to its name. Like, if you ever have been to Friendly's Restaurant and they're not friendly, how I many know that's like... If you're going to go to Friendly's, come on, they got to be friendly. They may not get the ice cream perfect, but they got to be friendly. I want to encourage you because you guys are living up to the name Thrive Church. You know, you really, really are. And sometimes it's hard to see maybe the, the personal growth or even the church growth when you're right up front with them. But from somebody that's for just a little bit of a distance, I'm telling you what you guys are experiencing at this church is a move of God. You should be grateful for it, thankful for it. Come on, let's give God praise for what he's doing right here. Man, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. And the reason you're thriving, obviously, is because of God, but you've got a pastor who's thriving as well. And uh, this is kind of the message before the message, but if you want your church to thrive, your leader's got to thrive. If you want to be blessed, your pastor's got to be blessed. And really, I know that a lot of that is on him to really grow himself, and he does that. Uh, But can I tell you, let me ask you this question. Who encourages the encourager? Because every Sunday, he steps up here and blesses you, encourages you, and prays for you. Um, I believe one of the greatest gifts you could give your pastor is being an encourager to him, a blessing to him. The further he goes, the further you will go. The more you honor him, the more God's going to honor you. I'm telling you, if your lead pastor is blessed, everyone in this church will be blessed. So how many love pastor? Kevin, can you show him some love and appreciation right now? And uh, 
just grateful. I just one quick funny story. Uh, this is kind of ironic. This past Tuesday, um, uh, me and some buddies drove up to uh, uh, FedEx Field uh, near uh, Redskin, where the Redskins play, and uh, one of my favorite bands from a long time ago. Don't judge me, but you two uh, was doing their 30-year Joshua Tree tour. So uh, me and some friends went to that concert, and we wanted to get there early. We wanted to get in, get as close to the stage as possible, and and uh, so we showed up. And about two o'clock, we pulled off the eggs that were thought, man, let's go grab something to eat. And so we picked this random Japanese steakhouse right near the stadium at 2 o'clock. Like, no one was in there except, like, one other couple. So they sat, uh, me and my three buddies, at the table with this other couple. And we're kind of being friendly, just kind of talking, but we're having our own conversation. And then the gentleman asked, hey, are you guys going to YouTube? Because he was too. And so we're talking a little bit. And through the conversation in my head, I'm like, man, this guy sounds so familiar. His voice has a really unique way of talking. I was like, he reminds me of someone. Uh, just looking at his face, I was like, he's, he just looks like someone that I think that I know, and but I couldn't put it together, but then all of a sudden my phone went off, and I got an email uh, from Pastor Keith, uh, he was just reminding me about this weekend, he said, hey, uh, would you like a handheld mic or a headset mic, he was just kind of going over some last minute stuff, and I responded, and then right after that email, it just dawned on me, I was like, this guy sitting across the table sounds and looks just like Pastor Kevin, I mean, he sounds like him, how many know Pastor Kevin has a very distinctive voice. He has a very distinctive North Carolina way of talking. And then this guy said that he was from North Carolina. I was like, what are the chances the week I'm preaching here that this guy somehow knows or is related uh, to Pastor Kevin? I said, hey man, what's your name? And he told me his name. And then I said, no, what's your last name? And then he said he had the exact same last name as your pastor. I said, do you know pastor? Do you know Kevin? And, uh, and so sure enough, I took a picture. Let me put this picture up here. Uh, I was sitting right beside Pastor Kevin's brother the entire time. Come on, ain't that amazing? I was, kind of a, I was like, man. And I said, well, I'm, I'm preaching for him this weekend. And, and uh, I said, man, all the people I could have ran into on the weekend that I'm going to be here, I said, man, God was just setting me up and getting me ready. So, and, uh, but let me ask you a question this morning. And uh, I want to ask you the qu- two questions today. Number one, uh, what are you going through today that feels like a burden? What are you going through today that feels like a weight or something that difficult God has put on you? And maybe you feel like you're carrying a, a kind of a weight this morning. Maybe you feel uh, the doctor is giving some kind of bad report. Maybe your health is a burden to you. Uh, maybe your marriage is going through a difficult season. You're like, man, I just wish uh, this weight could be lifted off. Maybe financially uh, you're going through a financial hardship and you're just like, man, when is this ever going to change? When is something going to be different? Uh, maybe it's not a burden for you. Maybe it's not a need for you. Maybe it's a blessing. Maybe it's a dream. What, what are you believing God for? Uh, maybe you're in a good season right now, but you're like, God, there's got to be more. Do you have something more for me? Is there a calling that you have on my life? Is there a door that you want to open? Is there a job promotion for me? Do you want to bless my children? And, and sometimes the blessings can be a burden, but here's the question. What are you believing God for today? Or what is the burden that you're going through? Because here's what I believe about every person here, and even as a church, that I believe that God has greater things in store for your life. I believe that the best is yet to come. I believe our days ahead of us are better than the days behind us. I'm not sure what you're going through today, but I know that if you're going to go to the next level, it's going to take faith. Everybody say faith. The title of my message this morning is Faith for the Next Level. I want you to tell somebody beside you, you got to have faith. Come on, tell them. You got to have faith. Faith for the next level. Whatever you're going through, whatever burden you have, and let me ask a follow-up question to those two questions is this. If you've got a burden in your life, maybe you've asked this question, God, how? 
Like, how is it going to work out? How many of you have something in your life right now that you have no idea how? You know it needs to happen, but you don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know how the marriage is going to be restored. You don't know how you're going to pay those bills. You don't know how you're going to get healed. You don't know how you're going to grow. Uh, maybe as a church, you're believing God. I hope you are. Uh, how many of you believe if God has done so much in the last six, five or six years, how many believe the next five or six years can be greater than the last five years? Come on. How many believe that God wants to take Thrive Church to a whole nother level? Maybe you're believing, I know your pastor is, maybe I think it's great I'm getting ready to leave to a second campus. What if a third campus is in your future? What if thousands of people are in your future? Or how is that going to happen? Uh, maybe you look back at something in your life. Maybe somebody here, you've gone through a difficult season. Maybe you look back at a past mistake. Maybe somebody's hurt you in your past. Maybe you went through abuse, went through divorce, went through a hardship, and you're asking maybe not the question how. Maybe you're asking the question why. God, why did this have to happen? Why did I have to go through this? Why do I have to carry this burden? I want to really kind of zone in on one thought today and always give my church one thing to know, and I'll give it to you today because this is about faith for the next level. And if you're asking the question how and you're asking the question why, that is not faith at all. Let me kind of give you my definition of faith if I can. It's what I call the one thing to know today. We'll put it up on the screen. It's this, that faith isn't about how and it isn't about why. Faith is about who. Faith is about who. I don't want you to ask the how question today. I don't even want you to waste your time on the why question. I want you to focus in on the who. Because I don't know how your need's going to be met, but I know who can meet your need. See, I know who blesses me. I know who saves me. I know who has forgiven me. I know who holds my future. I don't know how my future is going to work out, but I know with Jesus Christ all things are possible. How many know that Jesus is the one that you can put your faith in? Faith is not about how, and it's not about why, it's about who. It's about who do you trust today? Who is in control of your life? Who is in control of your future today? And that's what I really want to zone in on today. Um, if we could turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, uh, I want to really zone in on one verse uh, uh, that Jesus spoke, and then I'm going to highlight three other verses in that same chapter. But I don't have time this morning to read all of Matthew chapter 6. Uh, maybe you didn't know this or not, but how many know you can open your Bible on Monday, not just on Sunday? And uh, so let me give you a little assignment. I'm going to just kind of highlight three or four verses, but how about you read all of Matthew 6 this week? Maybe even be bold enough to read Matthew 5 through 7. Uh, it was the very first message Jesus ever preached. It's a pretty good one. Uh, he hit a lot of different topics, and he talked about faith a lot. And if you're believing to go to the next level, I think there's no greater message than the first message Jesus ever preached. But I want to kind of pull out what he was really trying to say. And one of the last verses he said in chapter 6 has literally been, since I was 17 years old, my life verse when I gave my life to Jesus, I found this verse. Uh, it has proved true over and over again. Every time I believe God for something more, believe God to go to the next level, believe God to help me get past my past, believe God for my future, and I'm believing whatever your burden is or the blessing that you're believing for, this verse has the power to literally be a compass in your life, and it really can answer the question, not how is something going to work out, not why will something work out, but who you need to put your trust in. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Let me put it up on the screen, and I'll you know, read my own version uh, that I have here, but whatever version you have is great. But look what it says. It says, seek the kingdom of God. It doesn't say seek the how. It doesn't say seek the why. It says seek the who. Seek the kingdom of God above 
all else, and he will give you, this is powerful, he will give you everything that you need. He didn't say, I'll give you everything you want, but he said, I will give you every single thing that you need. Here's the formula. Put God first, seek the who, and everything you need when you need it will be given unto you. He goes on to say this, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring enough worry of itself. I feel a lot of us, when it comes to our burdens of our past or maybe the blessings that we're dreaming for for our future, uh, that a lot of times that we fill with worry. Maybe because I can tell you this, and let me kind of focus on that why thing. If you're asking, why did this happen? Why did I go through this? Why did I make that mistake? Why did that person hurt me? If you focus on the why, can I tell you, you will be constantly be worried about your past. How many know your past is in the past? I love telling my church, it's not about what you've done or where you've been. It's where you're going that matters. How many know you don't get to heaven by being good? You get to heaven by being forgiven. It's not about what you've done. It's not about where you've been. It's about who you know. How many know Jesus Christ has paid for your sin? He's wiped away your past. Let's stop worrying about the why and just trust the who. You see, why will always connect you to your past, but maybe some of you are not asking why. Maybe you're asking how. Can I tell you, if you're constantly asking God, how is this going to happen? How is this going to work out? You see, why will connect me to my past and it will help me worry. How will help me worry about my future? See, some of us today, you're not worried about your past. Some of you are worried about your future. You are so worried, how are we going to pay for college? How are we going to get through this? How is my marriage ever going to be better? How is our church going to grow? You see, if you focus on how, it will blur the vision of your future. You don't need to focus on your past. In a sense, you don't need to focus on your future and how it's going to work out. My prayer is you will focus on the name that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the how of hows. He's the who of whos. And he's worthy to be trusted today. You see, here's what I know. When I seek after why and how, worry will follow me all the days of my life. But if I will seek after the who, if I will put the kingdom of God first, everything I need, David said it like this, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I know people that try to chase down the good things. They try to chase down blessings. They want to find the good life. Here's what I say. Stop chasing after good things and chase after the good one. If you will focus on God, good things will chase after you. They will follow after you. Blessings and goodness and healing provision will follow those that put God first, that seek the how, not the how or the why, but the who above everything else. You know, I call this verse, what I call it is the principle of the first, the principle of the first. Seek the who first. Seek the kingdom of God first. You know what the principle of the first is? And, and anytime you say, what's a principle? A principle is anything that you can find throughout the Bible. Now, I love that I can find it here in Matthew chapter 6, but here's a principle that you've got to know for your life. Put God first. If God is first, you will never be last. That is a principle throughout God's word. God requires himself to be first. The question isn't, is God first? Because I want you to know, you may not believe in gravity, but if you jump off a building, gravity will believe in you. How I many know that's true? See, you, the question isn't, is God first? 
The question is, is God first in my life? Because God will be first no matter what. See, Genesis chapter 1-1, this is the principle. In the beginning was what? God. It didn't say in the beginning was you. It didn't say in the beginning was me. It said in the beginning was God. See, whether you put God first or not does not declare the fact that God will always be first. The first commandment, what does it say? Do not put any other gods before me. What was he kind of declaring? The number one commandment is this. I've got to be first. I've got to be first. You see, this is a principle that if you will follow this principle, not in some of the areas, but in every area of your life, this principle, this blessing that if you put God first, everything that you need, every door that you need open, every door that you need closed, every miracle you need relief from, every dream that you're believing for, God says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future, plans not to harm you but to bless you. If you will seek after the who, Jesus Christ, and put him first, I, I believe everything will work out. Do you ever wonder why we worship on Sunday? You know why we worship on Sunday? Because Sunday's the what day of the week? The first day. How many know I believe this with all my heart? It's why I love coming to church. See, when I honor God on the first day, the rest of my days will be blessed. That's the principle of the first. How many of you have seen that to be true? It doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect week, but thank God you're here today because you're honoring God by showing up in his house. And how many of you believe because you honor God today that Monday through Saturday is going to be blessed? His blessings, his presence is going to go before you. That's why you need to be here. I believe not just the first of the week. I believe the first of the day. That's why the first thing in the morning I say, God, God, even if it's for two minutes, God, today is the day that you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. God, would you bless my wife, bless my kids, bless my family. You see, when I honor God first, he will honor me with the last. Every area of my life, and here's the question, what areas are you not putting God first in? Because this principle, the first, is so true. And this idea of faith will really outlast all of us that when we put God first, and, and it's all about faith. Faith really declares, God, I'm trusting you. Now, there's a lot of ways that our faith kind of plays out. There's a lot of ways that, that the Bible says faith without works is dead, right? Uh, and so faith isn't something you think about. Uh, faith is an action. Faith is something that you do. Uh, I would say it like this. If you were dragged to court uh, and accused of having faith, would there be enough evidence to prove that you're a person of faith? Uh, would there be some kind of track record? And I hope your answer isn't, well, I go to Thrive Church on Sundays because going to church is not a really an act of faith. I mean, no, anybody can get up and really come to church. The Bible says there are some actions, there's some steps that we've got to take, and there's probably a lot of them. Uh, but today, because I have such a limited time this morning, and faith is all about trusting the who and putting God first, I want to talk about what I call the fundamentals of the faith today. And fundamentals, and the word fundamental means this, it's a primary action on which everything else is built. That's why sometimes they call elementary school, what do they call it? They call it uh, primary school because it's the, really where they build all the fundamentals. You see, you don't teach a kid math, and I mean, you don't teach a kid multiplication and division and, and, and trigonometry and all this crazy stuff before you just teach them numbers. They got to learn to count one to ten. That's a fundamental. Uh, you don't learn to write a novel and write in cursive before you learn your ABCs, right? Because the alphabet is the fundamentals to everything else. Well, if fundamentals are necessary in education, they're necessary in sports, and I'm a big sports guy. I know your pastor is. I'm not sure if you really like sports much, but I love watching the best of the best, those athletes that are just better than everybody else. We call them all-stars. And you ever ask yourself why certain athletes are better than everybody else? And maybe you say, well, uh, they're taller, they're faster, or maybe you just say it's because they have so much athletic ability. 
I would really argue the fact that the reason some athletes are better than everybody else is not because they're taller and faster. It's because they've mastered the fundamentals of their sport. I don't know if you know this or not, but every sport has about three fundamentals, every single sport. And if you will master the three fundamentals, you can dominate that sport, no matter how tall you are or fast you are. Uh, here's basketball. Basketball has a lot of different things about it, but there's just three fundamentals. That's all you've got to learn. It's dribble, pass, and shoot. Dribble, pass, and shoot. If you can master those three fundamentals, there's nothing you can't do on a basketball court. But here's the problem. There are many people that love basketball, but they're only good at one of those three. Maybe they can dribble, but they can't pass or shoot. Well, if you can only dribble and can't pass or shoot, someone's got to take the ball from you. Someone's got to score for you. Maybe you can shoot great, but you can't pass or dribble. Well, you're completely dependent on someone else getting you the ball and getting around. But show me a player. This is why some of those that are better than all others, they have mastered those three fundamentals so well. They can do them with their eyes shut. And I believe this, just like basketball has dribble, pass, shoot, baseball has throw, catch, and hit, there's, there's a golf has drive, chip, and putt. Most sports have three fundamentals that if you will master those fundamentals, there's nothing you can't do. I want to argue with you today and just kind of encourage you that when it comes to being a Christian, and when it comes to going to the next level in our faith, there are three fundamentals of the faith that if you will master all three, there is nothing, let me say it again, there is nothing that will be impossible for you. You can read it in this chapter. I'll show it to you again but at the end. But Jesus said, if you have faith even the size of a mustard seed, remember, faith without works is dead. So if you will practice these three fundamentals and get them down even a little bit, there is nothing that God couldn't ask you to do. And I believe if Thrive Church will get good at the fundamentals, if Thrive Church will say, I'm not going to just do one of the three, but I'm going to work hard on all three, there is no limit to what God can do through this church. There is no vision Pastor Kevin could have that this church couldn't accomplish. There is no door that God could not open for you personally. If you will say, God, with everything I've got, I'm going to seek the how, the, the who, by, by doing these three fundamentals, there's nothing you can't do. Look what Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says. This is a powerful verse. Uh, it says this, that a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You know, this is why I believe there's something powerful about the number three. Do you ever think about this? It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There are three in one. You and I are made in the image of God. We are mind, body, and soul. There's something powerful when we get three coming together in one. See, one is pretty good. Holy Spirit, that's pretty awesome. But if you can put the Holy Spirit with the Father and with the Son, how many know there's nothing that God can't do? You see, I believe that there is something powerful about this number three. And if you will master, there's a lot of fundamentals of the faith. I mean, there's a lot of things that play out faith. But if you will get good at these three, there's nothing. I say it again. There's nothing that you can't do. So if there's anything I came to really encourage you with today is let's ask the question about these fundamentals. How many ready to hear and see what these three fundamentals are? Well, all you have to do is read chapter 6. Again, chapter 6, verse 33 was at the end of the chapter. All you got to do is look in that chapter, and you will find the three fundamentals that Jesus, not me, that Jesus laid out for every Christian and every believer. Let me summarize it uh, like this in verse, it's verse number uh, 2, 5, and 16. Jesus said this. He said, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Let me give it to you again. If you want to know what the three fundamentals are, Jesus said, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Now, look at the words Jesus used. He didn't say, if you give, 
if you pray, if you fast. Why did he use the word when and not the word if? Here's why. It was an assumption that every follower of Jesus Christ would do these three things. That being a believer, being a disciple, at its very core, remember this is fundamental, at its very core, being a believer is all about praying, giving, and fasting. Let me say it like this if I can. Giving, praying, and fasting are the three fundamentals of our faith. It's the primary action which everything else is built. Uh, maybe some of you are asking the question why, and I understand that, like why these three? Why these three? Why not preaching? Isn't preaching a powerful way to have faith? I mean, faith comes by hearing the word of God. What about serving? Isn't it a great duty of mine to serve somewhere here in the church and make a difference? And again, I believe in preaching. I believe in leading worship. I, I believe in serving. But all of those things are built on top of these three things. Let me say it like this. Don't get up on stage and worship. Don't get up on stage and preach. Don't even go back and minister to kids if you can't get the fundamentals right. If you can't get the fundamentals right. You see, you can't shoot from half court if you can't shoot from right under the goal. See, my prayer is this. You've got to master the fundamentals. Some of us want to skip and go right to the stuff that looks super fun, that looks super exciting. Or we want the promotion. We want the great marriage. We want all these things, and God has great things for us. But if you want to be everything God's called you to be, you've got to get good at the simple things. These aren't easy things, but they're simple things. They're the fundamentals of the faith. One of the other reasons I asked why is this and why these three. Well, let me I'll say it like this. These three things, prayer, giving, and fasting, test the three things that all of us depend on more than anything else. Let me say it again. Let me say it like this. Giving, praying, and fasting test our dependency on money, ourselves, look at this, and food. Tell me three other things that anybody depends on on a daily basis more than those three things. The reason that God called us to these fundamentals is this. God knows that these three things are the antidote to the three things that will tempt you the most. I remember when Jesus prayed and fasted. I mean, Jesus did all three of these things. But before Jesus began his ministry, he was in the desert fasting for 40 days. How many times did the devil come and tempt Jesus? Do anybody know the story? How many times? Three times. Three times. Guess what the three temptations were? These three right here. The first one, he said, obviously, he was hungry. He says, hey, Jesus, turn the stone into bread. What was he testing him with? He was testing him with food. I know that you're hungry. What was the next temptation? Hey, Jesus, look out. You see all those possessions. You see all that money. You see all those things. If you will bow down to me, I will give you all that. What was the second temptation? It was money. It was possession. What was the third one? Hey, if you're really the son of God, jump off this cliff, and you can save yourself. What was he saying? Put your trust in who you are. Right, look what he's, look what the Apostle John says. I love this in John chapter uh, 2, verse 16. It says, for everything, everybody say everything. It says, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Here's what I know. You may be facing a lot of temptations, a lot of addictions, a lot of struggles, but the truth is if you narrow it down, the only three things that the enemy ever tempts us with are the same three fundamentals that God has called us to do. He will tempt you with the lust of the eyes. Uh, he will tempt you with the, the flesh as food, the lust of the eyes as possessions. He will tempt you with literally the pride of life and what you can do on your own. And so not only do these three things help you get to the next level, these three things will help your faith grow and beat the enemy. It really, really will. You know, one of the questions I, I, I encourage people with to ask is this, is how does my faith grow? Like if faith is really how I please God, faith is the language of heaven. Well, sometimes we don't like this answer, but really the only place that our faith really grows is through difficult seasons in our life. 
difficult seasons, pressures, stresses, burdens, right? Think about it. I believe faith is like a muscle. You know, when you go to the gym, the only way that you really get stronger is by what? You're putting pressure on your muscles. I don't know if you ever worked out so hard that you were sore the next day. I mean, you didn't think you could lift the weight. You see, I believe sometimes this, uh, you know when most people do pray fast and give? When they're going through a difficult season. Let me say it like this. Many of us pray fast and give to get rid of the thing that God brought in your life to teach us to pray fast and give. Think about that sometimes. The only time we really pray is, God, get me out of this situation. The only time maybe we fast is, God, help set me free from this. Sometimes the only way we give, but maybe, just maybe, God put that situation in your life. God put that burden, put that difficulty to teach you to be dependent, not on the why or the how, but to be dependent on him. These three things are so powerful and they're so intimate. I believe it's what God has called you to do. So let me ask you these three questions real simple. Let's go to the first one. Uh, Do you give? Do you give? You know, biblically, here's what the Bible says about giving. There are three levels of giving. There's tithing. That's the bottom level. There's offerings. The offerings is anything above your 10% tithe. And then there's what the Bible calls spirit-led giving, which is just when you feel the, uh, the God calling you to do something above and beyond those three. Are you consistently giving? Are you consistently giving? Let me say it like this if I can. If you can trust God with your money, you can trust God with anything. I've seen this over my, you're like, God, I don't know if I can trust you for my child. I don't know if I can trust you for my future. I don't know if I can trust you. Here's what I know. When you honor the Lord with your 10%, when you honor the Lord with your offering, when you honor the Lord with your sacrificial giving, here's what I've learned myself. When I can trust God with my finances, there's nothing that in my life that I can't trust God with. It's why God talked about money more than he talked about anything else. Are you being consistent in that fundamental? If not, it's time to step up. What level are you on? Are you not tithing yet? Let's step up to that level. Are you tithing, but you're not giving offerings? Let's go to that level. Are you tithing and giving offerings, but maybe you're not a a sacrificial super leg giver? Go to those levels. I believe that's what God has called us to do. Here's question number two. Are you consistently praying? Are you consistently praying? Here's what I believe. If you and I had any idea how powerful prayer is, we would never stop praying. Never stop praying. I believe in the power of prayer so much because here's what prayer does. Prayer gets things out of my hands into God's hands. How many think that the burdens and the things that you're going through are much better in God's hands than your hands? That's why God says, come to me all who are burdened. Maybe you're carrying a burden today. Take it to God in prayer. Are you a prayer person? Are you pray every single day? It's not about how long. It's really about where's your faith at. Here's the last one, then I'll get ready to close. Not only do you give, do you pray. Let me ask you this one. Do you fast? Do you fast? Now, let me say about the first two. Giving and prayer should happen consistently. Here's how I know how often I should give. How often am I paid? If I get paid every two weeks, I should give every two weeks. That's how often I should give. How often I should pray? I believe we should pray every single day. How often should you fast? Well, I believe every Christian should at least fast two or three times a year. I I believe at least two or three times a year. Uh, I start every year off in January with a 21 or 40-day fast every January. In about a week, I'm actually starting my second one. I'm doing a 21-day fast in July, all the way through July 5th to the end of July, just praying for the fall, praying for the next season. Let me say this. If you can trust God with your money, you can trust God with anything. Let me say the truth about fasting, and this is so true. Because some of you are struggling with some addiction. Some of you are struggling with saying no to things. If you can say no to food, you can say no to anything. Say it again. If you can say no to food for a season, 
there is nothing that can have power over your life. And I, I, I believe it's true. I've seen it every single time that I've gone through a fast. Addictions have broken off. Things have fallen off my life. I've been able to have some clarity, and I believe that's what God is absolutely wanting to do uh, in this place. Uh, here, here's what I want to say, too, again. Uh, let me put that last scripture up there, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12. Look what it says. Then I'll close. I love this verse. It says, a cord of three strands, three strands, is not easily broken. You know, I've got this bird, this uh, concrete block up here, and here's what I want to say today. I've got two different strings up here. This one is literally just one string. It's just one string. See, maybe some of you are believing God in your finances. Maybe you're believing God for your marriage. Maybe you're, as a church, you're believing God to take you to the next level. But the sad part is you're not, you don't have all three of these going. Maybe you pray about it. Maybe you're a giver, but you don't pray. Maybe you fast, but you don't give and pray. Maybe there's just one. But I can tell you this, whatever burden you go with, if you're believing God to open up doors, but you're only kind of attacking it with one, can I tell you, it's not going to lift it because one cord is easily broken. I've got the exact same yarn, the exact same piece of string, but this time I've followed Ecclesiastes 4.12 and I've kind of wrapped it together in three. Can I tell you here today that if you will face what you're going through with prayer, if you'll face what you're going through with giving, if you'll face it with fasting and you'll get good at the fundamentals, can I tell you there is nothing that God could ask you to do that is impossible for him. Come on, how many believe that today? I want you to stand your feet all across this place. Stand your feet. I don't know what you're going through today, but here's what I believe. All things are possible for those who believe. Stop kind of being dragged about the why. Let the why go. Let the how go. Let's trust the who. How many know Jesus is worthy to be trusted? Jesus is faithful. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The same Jesus that has helped this church thrive in the last five years is the same Jesus that will help it thrive in the next five. I'm telling you, if you will put your hope and trust in God, there is nothing he could ask you to do, no sickness, no financial difficulty, nothing you're facing that is impossible. Jesus said, if, if you will believe in me, nothing will be impossible for you. Come on, I want you to lift your hands to heaven real quick. Whatever that burden is, whatever that need is, whatever that dream is, whatever you're believing for God, come on, hold your marriage up, hold your children up, hold this church up, hold your pastor up to God, and let's say, God, will we trust the who? God, would you help us get good at the fundamentals? Let me pray for you, then we'll close. And we'll sing, God, all across Thrive Church this morning, would you help us get good at the fundamentals? God, may we stop worrying about the why. May we stop worrying about the how. And may we put all of our faith in the who. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and everything else will be added unto us. Lord, I pray for every burden, every miracle that is needed, every situation. You know what it is. I pray that you would heal the sick, you would restore relationships. You would open doors financially. God, you would take this church to another level. Lord, I'm amazed at what you've done here at Thrive Church, and I believe the best is yet to come. May this church get excellent at the fundamentals. May they get excellent at giving, excellent at prayer, excellent at fasting, and I pray as they do that nothing will be impossible for them. If you believe it, can you say amen and give God some praise this morning? It's been an honor to be with you guys. Come on, let's worship the Lord this morning.